began this journey um, about kingdom living. Because if we're in the kingdom of God, there is a way to live in that kingdom. There's, there's, there's a way of being in that kingdom. Do you know if you go to the United Kingdom, right, Britain, there's a way of doing and acting in that kingdom that's different from the kingdom of the United States. And there's a different way of acting in the kingdom of darkness, and there's a different way of acting in the kingdom of Christ, in the kingdom of God. And so we are learning how to operate and live in partnership and hopefully get to a place where we're activating this partnership with Holy Spirit so that we can manifest the kingdom of God in our lives. And we've been spending a lot of time um, teaching on how you can know if a manifestation or a ministry is genuine, right? Because we, we talked about how people still have flesh, and, and, and um, you, can, you can act very spiritual, but be in the flesh. You can act religious and be in the, in the flesh. You know, a lot of people think that if you wear a certain outfit, if your collar's on backwards, or you take a vow of silence and live in a monastery, that's very, that's very spiritual. But it's really just flesh. Because you're trying to accomplish something that has already been accomplished in Christ Jesus. You cannot, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You can't, God lives in you. Colossians, say, Colossians says that Jesus is the representation of the entire Godhead, and we are in him. You are filled with God through Holy Spirit. I know our little peeny brains can't grasp that idea, and some religious folk will say, well, that sounds like blasphemy, but that is what the Bible teaches. We have been engrafted, we have been baptized into God Almighty. And you're never getting out. If you've been truly born again, if the Spirit of God, have you been regenerated into the likeness of Christ, you are secure in Him forever and ever and ever. You had nothing to do with your salvation. So how can what you do lose your salvation? I, I'll make some of you question, but it's true. If you are truly born again, truly born again, you are secure in the king. Amen? Jesus says that it's his will that he does not lose any of the little ones that God has given him. Amen? Amen. So we've been spending a lot of time on knowing if something is genuine because we are all responsible. We are responsible. You're responsible. It's time, you know, we've been, we live in a culture where no one wants to take responsibility for themselves. Well, it's time to, for the church to take responsibility for themselves. Us as believers need to be responsible for ourselves and our relationship with God. Not just believe everything that's being said to us, but search things out. Spend time with Holy Spirit for yourself. Right? We need to check things out if they line up with the Word of, with the word of God. If there's fruit that is born by the ministry or the, the ministry gift that is being manifest in our midst. And some basic questions to ask is, is just this. It, is it a spirit? Is it in spirit and of truth? And truth. Is it in spirit and in truth? Is the minister teaching, preaching, and valuing the word of God? See, we, we 
could jokingly say this, but it's so true. You've got some churches that all they are is the Word. Word, Word, Word. Well, I'm telling you, if all you do is get into the Word and you have no spirit, pretty soon you get into a works mentality. You get to where you're constantly only preaching about morality. Tell, why, why would you preach against sin to a bunch of righteous people? You have been made the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Instead, we just preach sin over and over and over again. And works. And it's just dry. And then you have those that are spirit. All spirit. And you never hear the Bible referenced. And it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's fun, but it's crazy. And, and you got the word-only people that they're all dried up, and you got the spirit people, and in those churches it ends up blowing up. And it's true. You go to these churches, the one thing about the word is the word is, is, is forever. It's lasting. So these dried-up churches are still going. But those that are only experience-driven churches, they don't last. They don't last. If, it's, if everything is based on an experience and not based on the Word of God. See, we, we need to be seeking the Word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to, like, Jesus, like one of the last things it says in the Gospel, it says they went forward preaching the Gospel and Holy Spirit confirming the Word following them. See, the, the Holy Spirit is to come and confirm the Gospel. That this is true. The kingdom of God is here and it's now. And if you can if you can marry those two of spirit and of truth into one body, you have a very, very powerful thing that 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 will transform the world. The next thing is you need to ask yourself, is there fruit? Is there fruit? You know, not are they acting like fruit, but are, is there fruit? Are people being saved? Are they being healed? Are they being delivered? Are they being transformed? Are they being discipled by the ministry? Right? And then fourth, is Jesus being magnified? Who's being magnified in, in, in this manifestation, in this ministry? Um, does the ministry draw people to Jesus? I mean, those are just simple questions that you, you can ask yourself. And if the answer is yes, then go for it. Be at ease. Chill out. Even if it's a little weird or not your personality, if, if the answer is yes to those questions, you're wrong to judge. You're wrong to be offended. And sometimes God will, will cause you to be uncomfortable because he's trying to get you out of apathy. Or if you're ministering, if you're a minister and, and, you're, and you're flowing in the gifts of spirit, you need to be asking yourself those questions too. And if the answer is yes, then go for it. Right? But today, today we're, we're, we're starting a tra transition. We're, um, we're shifting away from knowing the true manifestation of the spirit to preparing ourselves to be used by Holy Spirit in a greater and greater way. 
Each of us is responsible. Again, there's that word responsibility. We have a responsibility. You have a responsibility with your relationship with Holy Spirit. And, and we are to be walking deeper and deeper into the things of God. To become more and more intimate with the Spirit. And more and more submitted to Holy Spirit. To be in submission to Holy Spirit. And in obedience to how the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you. It's time that we accept this responsibility. The church, our church here and Church Universal needs to accept this responsibility of growing deeper and deeper. The body of Christ growing deeper and deeper into partnership and relationship with Holy Spirit. To learn about the gifts of Holy Spirit and make yourself available to use them in your life and ministry. And when I use the word ministry here, that does, I'm not, what I'm not saying is a pulpit ministry, even though that is a ministry. Each of us are ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Each of us have been anointed by God. Each of us have a duty to serve the kingdom of God in power, in grace, in love, to preach the gospel of peace and the salvation of our Lord. We are all responsible. You are a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You might not be behind a pulpit. You might be behind a desk. You might be behind a wrench. You might be behind a hammer. You might be standing in front of a chalkboard. You might be in a courthouse, or you might be in a Capitol building. We're all ministers of the kingdom of God first. We are kingdom first, God first. Family second, our ministry third, our nation third. Amen? Amen. So hear the word of the Holy Spirit. Hear, hear, hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Manifestation. Does everybody know what a manifestation is? Spirit, spiritual. You can't see it with, the, with physical eyes. You cannot see a spiritual kingdom unless it manifests. It has to manifest in the physical realm, right? So there's a manifestation the Holy Spirit wants to do in the physical world, right? And it's given to each one for the profit of all. Notice that each one of us has been given, or Holy Spirit wants to manifest through each one of us. Each one of us. That's you. No one in the body of Christ is left out. No one in the body of Christ is left out. Because there's some, there's some people that think, they literally think, and this is a, a, a phenomenon that's happening in Christianity too, is we're running everywhere to see someone else minister the gifts. Instead of us as the body, us as an individual member in the body of Christ, believing and desiring and coveting for us individually to manifest the gifts. This 
for the whole body of Christ. It's not just for the super dupers. Everyone in the body of Christ is supposed to be involved in manifesting these gifts. And each one of us manifests the gifts. What is the result? When the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and His gifts happen, what is the result? It says that everyone profits. It's profitable. Right? When the body of Christ is manifesting the gifts of the Spirit, when you as a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's profitable to all those around when you manifest. When Holy Spirit manifests through you. Right? We all profit. The question is, is, could this be the very reason the body of Christ is not profiting like it should be? Because we're not manifesting. Awful quiet in this church building. Amen. See, all nine, all nine of the gifts of the Spirit are available to each member of the body of Christ. All nine is available to you. Again, no one is left out. See, some, some people think that some, and we're going to see this in, in just a little bit. But there's some people that they actually teach it, and if they don't teach it, they imply it, that some people have gifts that other people don't have. And sometimes they even go as far as, well, this person has a back healing gift. I don't see that in Scripture. There's nowhere in Scripture that, that says you have a back healing ministry. No, there's a, the gifts of healing. Right? See, what happens is people get comfortable operating in a gift. They pray for someone. They step out in faith. The Holy Spirit manifests the gift. Someone gets healed. They're back. They're able to touch their toes and do jumping jacks and things that they weren't able to do before. And that gets you pumped up inside. And so the next time someone has a back issue, you're ready because you've seen, you've seen it manifest. What's very, what you have to watch is that you're still operating and trusting in Holy Spirit and not saying, not walking in your carnal mind of what you've seen. Trusting that it's Holy Spirit working through you. But they, when you get some results, all of a sudden your faith rises, right? You see someone get born again, you're more, you're, you're, if you never, if you get someone born again, you're going to look for the next person. Your faith just starts rising. Why? Because you're seeing results. And it's exciting. And there's joy. There's a reward. There is a spiritual reward. To, when, when you allow Holy Spirit to manifest, a lot of times you as a minister are, are, are just, the bless, uh, there's a blessing that comes on you, on you where you just, you feel like, this is what I was created for. This is, this is my meaning. And so people get this idea, well, this, go, this, go to this individual because they, they can heal backs. Or you got knee issues, go to this individual. No. It's the gift of Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit gives them as he desires. And, 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 and how does he desire? Whichever is needed. Whatever is needed. 
Do you know how ridiculous it is for us to have the full armor of God and be equipped by God and, and go out into this world, go out into this, this battlefield where people are being tormented, when people are in bondage, when people are, are struggling with all the things that the, Satan has to throw at them, and you go out there and you find out, well, oh, you got, you got a, you got arthritis problem? Well, you stay right here. I got to go find somebody that has an arthritis ministry. No, you're equipped for every good work. You have Holy Spirit. You have all of God. And you're equipped for any situation that you will ever run into. Amen? You got to believe this. You got to embrace it. No one is left out. And the gifts cannot be seen as optional. It can't be seen as optional. Some of you are sitting here thinking, I've went this far all my life without ever manifesting the Spirit, any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what to say to that. I can't say, there's nothing polite to say. It's His desire. We just read, it's His desire to manifest through you. And how can we be so self-righteous to think, well, my life's been pretty good and I haven't needed Holy Spirit. Who are you? And on top of that, how selfish can we be? We just read when the Spirit is manifest, it profits all. Could it be there are people that come into this building or come into your workplace or are in your family that needs to hear a word from God, a word of knowledge where you know exactly what's going on in their life and God wants to speak into that situation and they want, he wants to bring healing, he wants to bring encouragement, he wants to be liberation, but you didn't step out. You didn't allow Holy Spirit to manifest, and you leave that person in bondage. Those people that come to you, and they, for some reason, you haven't talked to this person yet, forever, and you run into them, and they tell you the whole, their whole life, and their whole life has been at the doctor's office. Why do you think they showed up? What is Holy Spirit wanting to do in that situation right there? What is Holy Spirit wanting to do? But we're not in partnership with the Holy Spirit. We're not open for Holy Spirit to manifest in our life. After all, I've lived all this life, and I, I haven't ever needed Holy Spirit to show up. You might <laughs> That's a lie that you don't, might not need Him to show up. But at least those around you need Him to show up. And the only way He shows up is through you. Right? Next week, Pastor Tom, I like Pastor Tom is going to go deeper into how do we start partnering with Holy Spirit in a greater way. So if you're sitting there, Chad, okay, I hear what you're saying. And right now, God is actually saying, this is for you. you we need, we, we need, this is for all of us. If you're not hearing God say it, I'll, this is God. You need this. I need this. And you're sitting there thinking, well, how do I start? Well, we're going to, this is what we're doing. 
this is what we're going into. And next week, Pastor Tom is going to start that journey of how you can how you can make yourself more available um, for the gifts of the Spirit, and how do and we're going to get into how to use them, right? But you have to have the desire. You have to be a willing vessel, right? It doesn't matter if you're a golden vessel, a silver vessel, or a clay vessel. God's looking for willing vessels, and He'll make you a vessel worthy of His kingdom. Amen? Amen. What else we got here? The gifts can't be seen as optional. They are given to us by God to be used, to help people out of real life issues. Like I said, bondage, addictions, addictions, emotional depression. I mean, we live, we live in a time where I can't believe how many people are depressed. We live in the one, one of the most prosperous times ever in history, even with inflation. You're a one percenter. Even if you are in poverty in the United States, you still are 99% better than most of than the rest of the world. We have so much to be thankful for. And that's one of the biggest causes. That's a whole different message. That's, that's one of the biggest causes for the situation of our culture and being depressed is not being thankful. Not being thankful for what you have. Being thankful for your spouse, that'll go a long way in your marriage. Being thankful for your parents, that'll go a long way in your family. Right? And us parents, we can't help it. We love our kids no matter what. Amen. Some of us love them, don't love them enough to correct them. Oh, me. But the gifts of the Spirit are not optional because they bring liberation. They set people free. That's what Jesus manifested in the Gospels, right? And then he set us forth. If you haven't, if you forgot, he sent us out in the power of the Holy Spirit to do the same. The works that I do and even greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. You need to get, a pla- you need to, get to a place where you believe the gift of the Holy Spirit are for you and that they're available for you and you need to get to a place where you desire to be used in them. You have a desire. Lord, give us a desire. But before we go into Pastor Tom and how to have a, 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 a get started in the things of the Holy Spirit, We need to embrace the truth that all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for everyone. And, and that they're available to you and, and that you desire to be used to use them. And, and these are Holy Spirit's gifts. They're not ours. It's interesting when, well, that person has the gift of this. Or I have the gift of this. No, you don't. Without partnership with the Holy Spirit, you can't blow the fuzz off a peach. Right? You can't heal a fly. It's, in, it's His gifts. And He manifests through us. 
Right? We're in partnership. Let's look at some passages that say over and over that the gifts are for all of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Here it says the Holy Spirit directs the gifts. He wills and knows what are the best gifts in a particular situation. He knows what the best gifts are for a particular situation, not a particular person. If you're in a situation that needs the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and His gifts to be manifest, then He's going to manifest the perfect gift for that situation. He's not looking for the perfect person. Because we have all been made perfect in Christ Jesus. Start seeing yourself that way. That you in the Spirit, are a perfect individual. You're perfect. And you're able to be used by the Holy Spirit. Again, notice that the Holy Spirit distributes these gifts to each of us. No one is left out. We can all operate in the gifts. Amen? That's exciting, right? It should be. In 1 Corinthians 14, 5, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesied is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now, what Paul's, we're going to go in this in a lot deeper, but real quick, just so you have some understanding. What Paul is talking about, he's talking about the ministry in the corporate body here. And he's saying that he wished that everyone spoke in tongues, but more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater who speaks with tongues. A lot of people say, well, t- speaking in tongues isn't important then. That's not right. He says, prophecy is a greater gift than speaking in tongues. Nope. That's not what it's saying. It's saying in the body, in the corporate ministry, prophecy is greater. Why is prophecy greater in the corporate body? Because if you're speaking in a tongue, no one understands it. And if they don't understand it, how can they be edified? I can take you to another scripture that when you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. So someone gets edified, but it's just you. But the corporate body does not get edified. So in a corporate body, you want them to prophesy. You want them to speak in a known language What God is saying. Why? So everybody can be edified. And that takes you back to when the manifestation of the gifts happen, it profits all. But if someone speaks in an unknown tongue in a corporate body, and then the gift of the Spirit manifests and there's an interpretation. See, in a corporate body, if someone gives a word in an unknown language, there always has to be an interpretation, a manifestation of interpretation that goes along with it. And then if you interpret the tongue, then everybody knows what was said. And then it's equal with prophecy. Do you see that? Do you understand that? Are you just saying yes because you think you're supposed to? It's pretty pretty easy. So what is God's desire expressed here by Paul? There's There's a desire that God has here, and you need to embrace it. His desire, it says, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. Is that God's desire? That is God's desire. Is it your desire? 
those watching on YouTube and listening on podcasts, is that your desire? Do you desire to speak in tongues? Because that's God's desire for you. Oh, me. Oh, my. Yeah. Untie my bow tie. Who stole my Honda? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was a Carmen song, I think. But anyways. But there's also something else that God desires. He desires for all of us to prophesy. Not only does he desire for you to speak in tongues, he also desires you to prophesy. And all means all. All means all. And if all means all, all means you. This is God's desire for you. Is that your desire? In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. There that is again, so we can all profit, right? Here Paul is confirming that every time the church comes together, each member in the body of Christ should have something to contribute. That the Spirit has distributed to them. So that's saying that our church services shouldn't become about, gimme, gimme, my name's Jimmy. It should I have an overflow that I'm bringing to the body of Christ that we can all profit from. Right? And it's everyone again. Everyone. What if we, what would happen if, well, we're going to start off the service today. We're going to line up and everybody's going to give us something what the Lord has given them for the body of Christ today. It happened once. A couple might start lining up. Others will be lining out. In first, first, <laughs> I love you guys. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. See, I, I just love this stuff that when someone prophesies, there should be encouragement. Right? If, 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 if the Lord doesn't bring condemnation, if the Lord doesn't, if he removes shame, doesn't give shame, what makes you think that when a person prophesies, it should bring condemnation, guilt, and shame? If the Holy Spirit doesn't do it, what spirit of you? The Holy Spirit only does convicts us of one thing, and that's not believing on Jesus Christ. Other than that, he's convicting you of your righteousness, of judgment, that the, that the God of this world has been judged, Satan's been judged, and you are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, and that he's under your feet, and you are supposed to be going out as hymns of masters and, and showing the world how good God is and manifesting the glory of God in this world. Sometimes it's just as easy, it's just easy as, as being walking in the fruit of the Spirit in a world that's filled with hatred. We, I ain't going to go into it, but we, we've seen some of the, we were at Home Depot yesterday and we've seen 
just a crazy experience. And I'm thinking, man, if, if I was that guy, I would have said, I'm sorry, there's something is misunderstood here. I and just it was just it, our world needs Jesus. Our world needs to see the sons and daughters of God manifest. It needs redemption. So we can all prophesy one by one. That means not all at the same time, right? That that we may learn, so we should be learning things when people prophesy, and we should be encouraged. But here again, this verse confirms that all can prophesy. And all means you. The gifts are not just for a few chosen people. So as you can see from a multiple multiple scriptures, we see that the gifts are for all of those that are in the body of Christ. Are you in the body of Christ this morning? Yes? Then it's for you. But here's the issue. Like many things, we just, we've we seen this um, in our last series about the gospel to women. You can have all these scriptures that say it's for everyone, and there will be one scripture that seems to contradict all those other scriptures. You have one and all these other scriptures. So what do we do? People teach the one. That the gifts of the Spirit aren't for everybody. Instead of questioning, okay, all these scriptures here say all, all, all. And this one seems to contradict it. Maybe that one needs to be studied out a little bit more. So we're going to look at this. We're going to look the next scripture that we're going to look at has been used by some to tragically teach that the gifts are not for all. Then we'll look at another scripture that is used to go as so far as to say the gifts of the, of the spirit have passed away and they and they're not no longer available altogether. So we're going to look at those things. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 27 it says now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. Doesn't that seem to contradict everything we just read? Here, but what you have to understand, this is the exact same chapter that Paul is writing to the Corinth church about not being ignorant about the gifts of the Spirit. And in this same chapter, where we're not supposed to be ignorant about the gifts of the Spirit, we have people actually twisting it and using it to discourage people from operating in the gifts. And you, you need to be very careful of any ministry or any person that makes you dependent on them. Like you need them for special revelation. You need them for the anointing. You need, you need them. That's demonic. We need Jesus. And every minister of the gospel, everyone that stands in the five-fold ministry of the gospel is supposed to be teaching people. We're going to see this in a little bit. Teaching people how you too 
can walk in Holy Spirit and in the, in, in the manifestation of the gifts. But they, they twist it. So let's take a closer look so we don't miss out on all that Jesus has for us and what's available to us in his kingdom. So 1 Corinthians, again, 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individual. So here in verse 27, Paul declares that each one of us are vital members in the body of Christ. Right? You are, you are a member, an individual member of God's of Christ's body, right? No one is less important or valuable in Christ's body. We all have the same value. So if you, you, if, if you have believed the lie of the enemy, that think you have little value, that I'm no good, you have the equal value in, in, the, in the body of Christ as Billy Graham does. You have the Equal value of the Apostle Paul. Wow. You are valuable and equal in the body of Christ. That is what Paul is emphasizing in the verses leading up to this. Verses 14 through 26. He's talking about the body of Christ. And how the eye can't say to the ear, we don't have, I have no need of you. Right? Then in verse 28. And God has appointed these in the church. The body of Christ is different from the church. The church is an organization. Do you understand that? It's an ecclesia. It, it's what goes out and changes the world. Right? There are people in the body of Christ, but they don't belong to a church. belong to the body of Christ, you need to belong to a church so that we can manifest the kingdom and change the world so that all can profit from the gift that you are to the body of Christ. And God appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, rarities of tongues. Now here, in verse 28, Paul tells us that in, in spite of the fact that we're all members and we're all valuable in the body of Christ, not, of, not all of us have the same calling. Not, of us, not all of us have the same calling from God. And that doesn't make one calling greater than another calling. Right? We all have a calling, but they're not all the, all the same calling. You understand that? He says, some members in the body of Christ have been set and appointed by God in various ministry offices. Ministry offices are different than the nine gifts of the Spirit. Right? You understand that? And they're equipped, and they're equipped to train and equip others in the, in the, in the, that are members in the body of Christ in their particular work in ministry. Like I said, you all have a ministry, but not everyone is called to one of these ministries or offices. Though he does have a purpose for each one of us. Now everyone is called to be a pastor, but he does have a, he does have a ministry that he has called you to. 
Not everyone's called to be an evangelist. Not everyone's called to be a prophet, an office of a prophet, which is different than prophecy, the gift of prophecy. But he does have a ministry that he has called you to. See, there are different types. There are different spheres of influence in our world. And religion is just one sphere. The church is just one sphere of influence in this world. And in this sphere, the church, it is supposed to train and equip the body of Christ on how to take the kingdom to all the other spheres as each one of us is called. Partnering with Holy Spirit to see the kingdom manifest. You can be in the sphere, the sphere of family. You can, you can be in the sphere of business, education, government, media, arts and inter entertainment. You are to be trained and, to, trained and learn to operate in the gifts in the church, but then it is to go out of the four walls of the church into this world to transform this world. Do you understand that? Again, God has a plan for us all, but we're not all called to a ministry office within the church. It is God's design and his choosing. Paul then describes some of the ministry offices. He, he, he talks about the apostle. He talks about prophets. He talks about teachers that are supposed to be training and equipping the body of Christ. Then he mentions miracles and gifts of healings. So that seems out of place. What does that mean? See, though these are two gifts of the Spirit that are available to each one of us, because of the context, you can't leave the context of what he's talking about here. Because of the context, Paul is referring to the office of evangelism, evangelist, whose ministry assignment requires these gifts. If you go to an evangelist, you've seen it on, down in Africa and third world countries, the evangelist comes in and you see, you see miracles and healings in that ministry. They accompany that office of an evangelist, right? Then, then he, he also mentions varieties of tongues. It is speaking to the office of a pastor that he or she must function in if they are to model appropriately the use of the gifts and keep things in the church service in decent in order regarding the operating of the gifts of the local church. See, variety of the tongues also includes the interpretation of tongues, right? That is required when a public message in tongues is given. So a pastor, see, this isn't just on you. A pastor must step up into the grace given to him in that office and interpret a message given in tongues in a service if no one else has the interpretation. Why? Because you have to keep things decently in order so that we all might profit. Right? This is part of the equipping of the ministry of the pastor. This would also line up with the ministry offices Paul outlines in Ephesians. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he himself, speaking of Christ, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for edifying the body of Christ. See, that lines right up. 
It lines right up. He's talking about ministry offices. He's not talking about gifts of the Spirit. Right? And what are these ministry offices for? Are they for, for you to come and be entertained? Are they for you to come and get your needs met? Now listen, if you are in an emergency, if you, don't, if you, are in, if you need something, if you are struggling, yes, those ministry, those gifts, or those offices are there for you to, to receive from, right? But if that's all they are, they're not doing their job. See, some churches will bring in a prophet, and he'll prophesy over people. Okay, that was part of your job. But the main part of the job is for what? Equipping. Equipping of the saints, which you are. Equipping of the saints for what? The work of the ministry. You have a ministry, right? For, for the edifica edification of the body of Christ. If a prophet comes in, he should prophesy over you. He should show you the manifestation of the gift, but then he should teach you how to do it also. How do you operate? How can you hear from God in a clearer way? Right? And that's the same thing with all the offices. They should be teaching people how to walk in the manifestation of those gifts that accompany those offices. For the edification, for the building up of the church. It actually goes on to say, until we all come. Let's read that. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11, real quick. Thank you. Four, verse 11. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. Hmm. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature and the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That's what these offices are for. They're, they're to, to train and equip you. And I hope here at Caris New Testament Church, you feel that you're being trained and equipped. You might not be willing to operate in your training and equipping, but hopefully we're doing the, our part. Trained and equipped, that's what they're for until we come in, into perfection. When is that going to happen? Well, we're going to see a scripture in a little bit when that happens, all right? So, so Paul is not talking about gifts of the Spirit. He's talking about offices, ministry offices that God has put within the church. Right? Then Paul asks a rhetorical question. Next slide. I sound like Joe Biden right there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 29. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? See, a bit, again, people take that scripture and say, see, it's not for everyone. 
it's talking about ministry offices. Where not everyone is an apostle. Not everyone is, has the office of a pro- prophet. Not everyone is called to be a, a, a teacher in the body of Christ, right? Or a pastor. So the answer to this question is no. Why? Because we're not all called to be these things. The question is referring to ministry offices and the, and, and the gifts assigned to those offices. It's not referring to the nine gifts of the Spirit that's available to all believers. Understand that. There's a difference between an office that operates in these gifts as part of their ministry to function in that office. It typically, it typically seems that gifts in an office function at a higher level or anointing or authority and power. Why? Because there, there's an office and equipping for that. And if they're in that office, they should... They should be they should be learning to cooperate in that grace in a greater level. Right? Now we go to verse 31, which Paul amplifies. He says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. He says, we're not all called to these 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 different offices, but but you should be desiring these gifts. You should be desiring the best gifts. And yet, I will show you more excellent ways. So, in keeping in context, he's saying, "Don't cover, don't covet these ministry offices, offices and the gifts that they use within those offices that are assigned to those ministries. But you are to covet the gifts, and you're to covet the best gifts. Gifts. So, what's the best gift? Want to know what the best gift is? I found out. Everybody wants the best one, right? The best gift is the one." that is needed most at the time you minister. That's the best gift, right? It, what, is, what is the best gift to, to, to minister God's life, his love, his freedom to people, right? Here's another passage. And this passage has been used to say that the gifts have passed away and therefore are unnecessary for today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 8 through 10, again, this passage falls under the teaching of Paul on how to be spiritual and, how, and, and teaching um, the Corinthian church how not to be ignorant of being spiritual and operating the gifts of the Spirit. So it's weird that they use this scripture to say that the gifts have passed away. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. First of all, I don't see anybody preaching that knowledge is going to be vanishing away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. So why, first question I, I would ask is why should Paul find it important to teach how important it is to not be ignorant to being spiritual and the gifts of the Spirit if he knew that soon they were going to pass away and no longer be available at all. Right? Is that reasonable to think? See, some people have taken this passage and saying that it's talking about the Bible, the canon of Scripture. Right? When the Bible was put together, that is what was perfect. And when the New Testament scripture was compiled, then we would no longer need the gifts because we would no, 
no longer know in part. What's funny is that the original canon of Scripture put together has books of the Bible in it that our, our Protestant Bible does not have. So do we just know in part? Is that what it's talking about? You want to know why I know that this cannot be the interpretation and this is incorrect understanding of the passage? Because of verse 12. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall be I shall know just as I also am known. What is this talking about? This is talking about the second coming of Christ. It's talking about the second coming of Christ. It's talking about Jesus' return. Before his return, we see through the dark the, the glass darkly. Right? We're, 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 we're trying to understand. We're trying to be led by the Spirit. We're trying to have His revelation on Scripture the best that we are able to do. We're, we're, we're gleaning from, from those men and women from generations past that have been teachers of, of God's Word and walked in power, walked in, in, in Holy Spirit. From apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists. From, from years past. And we're building on what they have taught us and growing in greater and greater revelation, right? But we're still seeing through a glass dimly. Before his return, we see through this glass darkly. We know in part, therefore, we need the gifts of the Spirit. You need the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because you, you don't have all the answers. When is it that we see him face to face? When is it that we know him as we are known? Think about that. There's going to come a time when you're going to know Jesus. You're going to know God just like he knows you. Every minute detail you're going to know about God. That is amazing. And when we know him, we will be filled with this knowledge so we won't need the gifts of the Spirit anymore. When he returns at his second coming, this all takes place, right? We'll be transformed in a twinkling of an eye. Listen to what Revelation says. The Revelation says about this. In, in chapter 22, verse 4, it says, They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor, nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. There's no darkness. There's no dimness. It's, it's, it's constant illumination and understanding and revelation. That's awesome. See, Jesus is what is perfect. Jesus is what is perfect. Jesus is what is perfect. That's why you need Jesus, you need the lens of Jesus when you read your Bible. Because if you do not read your Bible through the lens of Jesus, you can make the Word of God imperfect. 
you need Jesus. And Jesus is what is perfect. And, and, and he is the perfect thing that is to come. And that's what Paul is speaking about in this passage of Scripture. Not the written word, but the living word. When we see Jesus at his second coming, we don't need the gifts of the Spirit any longer to compensate for our current state of seeing through the glass darkly. We will have full knowledge and we will, be, we will know as we are known. And that's awesome. See, until Jesus returns, you, the church, and this world needs the gifts of the Spirit. Do not allow dead, dried up religion to rob you of everything Holy Spirit has for you in this hour that we live in today. We need these priceless gifts. They will compensate for any lack of knowledge. See, a lot of people won't, won't step out because they feel that they're not qualified. They don't know enough. They don't know what to say. Jesus literally says in that hour, don't worry about what you're going to say. I will give you what to say. I will tell you what to do. See, this isn't some dead religion of men. It's a living God that wants to partner, partner with his children to see his glory manifest in this earth. It's a relationship with God Almighty through Holy Spirit. Jesus says that it's better for me that I go away that you might receive the Holy Spirit. Why? So we can walk in that 24-7, 365 partnership all the time with the Holy Spirit. Do we do it perfectly? No. Why? Because we're still we're, we're, we're walking through, we're, we're looking through a glass dimly. But it's available to us. It's available to each one of us. We all, each one of us, has access to these gifts. We all, each member of the body of Christ, has Holy Spirit wanting to manifest these gifts through you. Each one of you. Is that you this morning? Do you see that? Do you want that? Do you desire that? For that's God's desire for you. And that's something to praise God about. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.